Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, I'm Becky with this week for a special historical quick shot of romance. And with me is Sadie. Uh, she is Literary Illusions on Instagram. Welcome to this quick shot, Sadie. Hello, I'm so excited to be here and talk about one of my favorite reads from last year. Um, on this episode, we are going to be reviewing The Highwayman, which is Victorian Rebels book number one by Kerrigan Byrne. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am terrible at names. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows this Becky Butcher's names. It's kind of my thing. Um, so, uh, Sadie, why don't you read us the synopsis from Goodreads? They're rebels, scoundrels, and blackguards, dark, dashing men on the wrong side of the law, but for the women who love them and a hint of danger only makes the heart beat faster. Dorian Blackwell, known as the Black Heart of Ben Moore, is a ruthless villain. Scarred and hard-hearted, Dorian is one of London's wealthiest, most influential men who will stop at nothing to wreak vengeance on those who fronged him and will fight to the death to seize what he wants. The lovely, still-innocent widow, Farah Lee Mackenzie, is no exception. And soon Dorian whisks the beautiful lass away to his sanctuary in the wild highlands. But Farah is no one's puppet. She possesses a powerful secret, one that threatens her very life. When being held captive by Dorian proves to be the only way to keep Farah safe from those who would see her dead, Dorian makes Farah a scandalous proposition. Marry him for protection in exchange for using her secret to help him exact revenge on his enemies. But what the Blackheart of Benmore never could have imagined is that Farah has terms of her own, igniting a tempestuous desire that consumes them both. Could it be that the woman he captured is the only one who can touch the Blackheart he'd long thought dead? So the release date for this is September 1st of 2015. So it's been out a minute. Uh, trope is anti-hero, marriage of convenience, childhood friends to lovers. Uh, Steam level, I would say it was a three. It wasn't an overly sexy book, but there was plenty of um, spice and push and pull with the relationship. Uh, I think there's more angst in it than there is steam, in my opinion. I don't know. What do you think? I would say that there's definitely a heavy amount of angst. So I have the angst level is about a four out of five. So, um, and so before we get to our thoughts on the highwaymen, I, we actually also read an old school historical romance to kind of compare the stories. Um, Sadie did it for me because um, I tend to read older historical romances and I actually haven't read in the last five years. I really haven't read much historical at all but I got my start in historical um and so you did me a solid and I picked a book for you to read and you picked a book for me to read and the highwayman is what you picked for me so how so historical how long have you been reading historical um so I started in historical I found romance from historical fiction I loved historical fiction that was really my genre when I was reading just general fiction and then I was like wait spicy fiction oh heck yes and I really started in the new age of historical romance and so going back for me to old school is like an excursion but I'm definitely visiting with a passport and I'm definitely more of a resident of new land of <laughs> historic Historical. romance yeah you know there definitely has been a solid change I would say 2010-ish 2015 in that five-year time span, especially since we've had the Me Too movement, I think that historical fiction has taken on a new voice. Um, 
there's a very clear old school way that it was written and now they're bringing it and modernizing it a little bit more which is good i think that shows growth as a genre I, I like to visit old school romance. I often get very irritated even with, when you take out the question of consent, you, I still get very irritated with some of the storylines because women were such like just placeholders. It felt like in a lot of that fiction and I'm just not here for that. <laughs> no, and that's completely fair. And, and it is something that has talked about quite often actually. Um, so, nope, that's fair. So let's get into the story of the Highwaymen. Um, first up, give us your thoughts on Dorian Blackwell as kind of this anti-hero, larger than life kind of guy. I'm a big fan of an anti-hero. I love an anti-hero. I call them cinnamon rolls with an S-I-N. He is a great cinnamon roll. He uh, is broody and he's dark and he's very morally gray. And it's really fun to watch heroes like that totally fall apart because somebody's like, well, I'm not going to listen to you. And I just, I love that energy. Uh, Dorian has a lot of childhood trauma and a lot of secondhand childhood trauma. And so it's yeah. really interesting to see how Byrne writes that. And she um, very much says up front, like, be aware that what you're reading is going to be dark. And I would like encourage people, there are some trigger warnings with this book. But I really love Dorian. I think he's fun to watch fall. Yeah, you know, he does. Um, I have that he's hot and sexy. He's very, very broody. Like the quintessential broody Scottish hero in this book. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like he has a lot of pain um, in, just in his being and in himself, you know, that he's experienced. It's both physical and then there's also this psychological emotional pain and his emotions are very deep like he's got a lot of depth to him as a character so um I don't know I liked him I really did I think that there's also a rawness to his story um, yeah to him as a he's person he's definitely he's definitely a, a rough around the edges Heathcliff sort of a character yeah he's not a cuddly that. guy He's not. Okay, so let's talk about Farah a little bit. I love Farah. She's one of my favorite kinds of heroes. She's one of those heroines that is like just like lightness and sunshine and good energy. And she has a backbone of steel and will not bend. And I just really love that combination. Like she can be soft and gentle and warm and say, this is my line. Yeah, she also has like this quiet strength about her and really mm -hmm. no nonsense too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the first time that you meet her on the page, she's basically, I mean, she totally figures a way to get him to cooperate with her. Yeah. Um. So she's smart and there's an elegance about her and she does live by her own rules, I think. Yeah, she, I mean, she, as a young child, goes on this wild adventure but as a young woman chooses to work in a, the police force in Victorian London like she chooses to have this profession where she lives a, a vaguely dangerous life yeah yeah I um I also feel like Farah um you know some of the choices she makes are just it's her survival instinct kicking in you know yeah she lives on this edge of danger um with her chosen profession but she, she does it in a way that is 
I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Um, it's just big. I mean, she just makes these big choices, I think, um, that show her strength. Yeah. That's where I'm going. I don't know. I really connected a lot more with Dorian than I did with Farah, which is, I don't know. I think it's me. <laughs> I, um, I genuinely love both of them. I thought that I put off reading this book forever because I was like, this is one of those books. It's not going to live up to the hype for me. And I ended up really, really just devouring not only this book, but most of this series right after it. And it's really funny. So in this book, it they do... There, this is a lot of world building and the pacing feels like that at times. It does slow down towards the end, uh, but you see these this pair crop up again and again. And it's really fun to see sort of their chemistry and their balance. And I do love both of them so much. Yeah. Well, um, there there is definitely, so it's a very heavy story. I mean, we're dealing with a lot of pain, um, psychological, emotional, you mentioned there are some trigger warnings in this story um, and we don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but do make sure that you prep yourself and check those out before you read this book. Um, just the emotional, the deep emotional in this story. I don't think I've read something that was this deep and this emotional in a very long time. So is this characteristic of this author? Does she write these big emotional yes. stories? She writes, her books are never ones you're like oh this will be a nice light read she does nope there is no light Kerrigan bird books it is emotions there is trauma there is death there is danger but it it's heavy emotions that go with it which I think is part of why I'm an angst reader I love it it's definitely that level but I do think that there's a wittiness especially to Farah, that comes out that kind of breaks up some of the heaviness. So you aren't going to be in this book, immersing yourself into this world and come out of it feeling like, oh crap, I just, you know, need a break. Um, because there are some moments of wit and humor that help break up the emotions. I would also say there's a lot of heart and hope. She has a lot of heart and hope in her stories. Like terrible things happen to these characters. She puts them through hell. And then in the end, they not only get their heavily ever after, but they grow quite a lot. And that's always my favorite part of fiction is watching characters grow. So there was a lot of sexual tension in the story. Oh yeah, there is. So I think, you know, I gave it only a three rating in the steam but because of the angst was a little bit more, it was more sexual tension than steam. It, it's almost, I would say a slow burn. Like it's a marriage of convenience. They are married for most of the book, but they're not necessarily intimate. And that's a really interesting story for me. I like watching their push and pull. I, we talked, I, so the book kind of has two halves. And then in the second half of the book, the pushing and the pulling because he was so damaged and his whole, I'm not quite good enough for her kind of thing kind of felt a little tired for me. I, I would say, I think I was so waiting for the big reveal of what I thought was going to happen. Like this secret that I was like, I gotta know, I gotta know. So I think that pushed me through that part. I would say that the pacing for this is a lot of world building. Like there, she's setting up other characters for their own story. Um, and the push pull, I mean, yeah, you're sort of like, gosh, darn it, Dorian, I'm gonna hit you over the head with a brick. Like, 
I get that. I get annoyed with that in contemporary fiction. You know, I tend to stay away from the higher angsty reads in contemporary uh, because the push and pull, the, you know, I'm not quite good enough for her. She deserves the best, but I'm super attracted to her. Um, it sometimes just, it starts to feel daunting in your reading. So that's, you know, where I am on that one. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the rawness in this story because that kind of goes with his damaged character in the push and pull. Um, this author does not shy away from some of the harder choices in life does she no especially because i mean the victorian era there is dukes and balls but there is a lot more to the world it was gritty it was dark it was dirty and there aren't necessarily any good choices when you live in that world and she does a really great job of sort of painting that picture of it's an children abandoned and disease and <laughs> it's and um, harsh punishment harsh punishments and, and uh, she talks quite a lot about newcastle prison or newgate newgate prison and <laughs> the fact that they threw children in there like children were in prison and yeah. what does that do to you like the cost of that um and i really i liked that grit yeah the, um yes I do. Now, so we talk about this grit a little bit, but then I would say it to the end, the healing and the ending felt wholesome as you have this really raw, gritty story. And then this ending, it just felt like it had this nice little bow on it. And, you know, I would say the ending was wholesome. Yes, no. Is wholesome a bad thing? No, I guess it just, I don't know. It just felt a little off. I don't know because Did the story was this. Did it for you? Yes, okay. I think so. I think right. that's what it was. Okay, but we I had can to, see that. I can see Because we have to get into the next story, obviously. she's And she did. This book, she did a lot of world building, but I think it's engaging to make you want to read the rest of the stories. So that, yes. You said you get glimpses of them in their in the future stories. Yes, everyone she does her characters really walk through each other's books. There are whole chapters with these characters later on too, um, even some perspectives from them, which is kind of fun. But I would say um, I think this was also an early book for her. I think this was a learning book. I I would say that some of her books now are so much faster. The pacing is just so tight. It's almost too fast for me. I want it to slow down a little bit. And so I think that this was her sort of learning her voice as an author. That's, I mean, that's fair. I will give her, she has a specialness to her with this descriptive, gorgeous way she writes. Like, I mean, it comes off in moments that it's a little wordy. However, it moves fairly well in her wordiness. You know, there are some authors that we get daunted in their descriptions and their words. She has an incredible gift for this very descriptive, gorgeous world, as far as like when she talks about Skyland, uh, um, Scotland Highlands <laughs> and everything, um, her descriptive narrative is very well done. I think. Yeah, she, she writes some really beautiful prose. Like there are some quotes that I had to like close my book and like take a breath. I was like, whoa, that hit me. Like that was just, it was really beautiful. And she's, I have a number of quotes of hers that are just some of my favorite things I've ever gotten to read. 
Is there anything else in the story you want to highlight that readers who might be interested in checking out the Highwaymen should know? I would say even if you can see the like twist coming, it's, I, I just really love how she did it. It's, it's a twist that I wish there was more of. It's one of my favorite parts to a story and she does it so well, but I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. I mean, there is a level of suspense to this story. Um, and that's part of what pulls them together. It's not quite romantic suspense. Um, no, it wasn't I mean, there's the a biggest there's a mystery, part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the biggest part of the story. The bigger part of the story was more like this damaged man um, realizing that he was good enough to be loved. And by this woman that was incredibly smart, incredibly witty and incredibly intelligent. So yeah, I guess smart and intelligent are the same word. Um, okay. So uh, any, do you have any spoiler notes you'd like to make? So if you don't want spoilers, you might want to fast forward 15, 30 seconds. Uh, spoiler alert, childhood friends to lovers. Come on, come back from the dead. Let's go. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it. Okay, so let's get down to what we thought of the book. So did you like this book? Heck yes. I actually reread it. I read it for the first time just a couple months ago and I reread it for this episode. Okay. Um, I'm all in. This story is suspenseful. It's emotional. It's complex and an all encompassing read. It is definitely one that drags you into the world and you are living day to day right along with them. So, and I do like that. I do find enjoyment in that. Um, who would typically like this book? If you want an anti-hero, like you want a gritty story. This is great for people who have come from dark romance. I want to try historic romance or just generally like a problematic favorite hero. <laughs> um, so for me, I think this is for historical romance readers for sure. Um, they want to like some suspense in their stories, love the anti-hero or the hard to love main character because it takes you a minute to love him. <clears throat> He's not like, you're not falling in love with him at first glance he's got no charm he has no charm no, no charm and no game <laughs> he really does not uh who would you recommend this book to read i already did or would I you wreck it would you <laughs> i already did i recommended it to you but i do i talk about this book a lot it, this was it i again didn't think it'd live up to the hype and definitely recommend it to people now it. Um, I would recommend this. I think that this is a great world building romance. It's engaging. I think it leads to a desire to read the rest in this series. I don't know how many more books are out in this series, but it's been around since 2015. So I'm going to assume there's at least a couple more stories in this series. There are. And it, um, this series leads into our new series, which is fun too. Awesome. Well, Sadie, thank you so much for joining me for this historical quick shot of romance. You can expect historical quick shots of romance on the fourth Thursday of every month. And maybe we'll have some special drops here and there with uh, Katie, our Duchess of historical romance at buzzing about romance. So thank you so much Thanks for, for having joining me. us. Cheers, everyone. We'll see you soon. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.